The Wanderers Through the World, Ignis Fadis, and Ginnir Galen. A bright fire seen over swampland at night, said to be the soul of a master gambler who defeated the devil at cards, but was refused entry into heaven because of his profession. Now he walks interminably around the world, seeking a place to spend eternity. He carries a lantern which gives off a strange light. He is known in some localities as Jack-o'-lantern, but to us he is known as Will-o'-wisp. Hello everybody, welcome back to the second episode of the Pish Rogues podcast. How are you Luke? Very good, how are you Aaron? I'm also fantastic man. That little excerpt you just read was from Dahi Hogan's book, Irish Superstitions. Some man. Some man, Jesus that book is weird, but we'll get into that later. So we're going to continue in now to more stories of the Willow Wisp. famous local superstitions uh, if you haven't heard about it yourself uh, those of you at home uh, an older relative is likely to have uh, I think yeah man I heard about it see I haven't heard it specifically in with regards to Ireland but I've played video games where the Will of the Wisp is an enemy and mm. it was mentioned in Lord of the Rings in the Barrow Downs if you all remember that ah. so we have it's a weird kind of spectral light potentially flame I actually don't know myself if it actually gives off heat but typically, we have here that the will of the wisp appear to travelers wandering home at night. So, we have to remember again that flame and light back in these days was a bit more special than it a is commodity, now. Commodity. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, it, light is a commodity to us. To them, it was this could be yeah. fantastical, but also like it's not weird for us to see light uh, during nighttime. No, in this modern day, but to someone back home. It's either danger or a home. Yeah, know? exactly. Which is pretty much two end, two opposite <laughs> ends of a spectrum. So, as we were saying, it often appeared to people who'd be wandering home at night, because Ireland, of course, is full of bogs and reeds and rushes and things like that. So, all of a sudden, walking home, probably drunk, because it's Ireland, let's be real, mm-hmm. you would just see this weird bluish flame. and The fact that it's blue... One, That's already crazy. you don't see lights much. No. Two, it's blue. It's blue. Yeah. I've never... I would love to see the Will-O-Wisp, man. We should go find it somewhere. People then would follow the Will-O-Wisp because I guess it's late at night, you want the light, you think it might guide you home, but a lot of the times that light, because it was in a bog, would lead you to a bog hole and you might fall in and drown. Curiosity might kill the cat, man. Exactly, or it might make you just get completely lost while you're already sideways drunk <laughs> from all that moonshine and putchine you've been drinking. Yeah. Uh, so, Aaron, unlike... Uh, our previous episode uh, on the changeling where it seemed like the superstition of the changeling was tied mm. to so many social and yeah, superstitious yeah, yeah. Uh, crossroads. Uh, the uh, Will-O-Wisp is very much a straightforward it's superstition. It's simple. It's a light and people were very attracted to the light. Yeah. People, pe- <laughs> I'm making it sound like people back in those days were like <laughs> giant moths. Yeah. But <laughs> to be fair, light was so much rarer and it's naturally occurring light Probably mostly only seen at night, and if you're out at night, you'll follow lights. Yeah, we all do. The Willow Wisp is the meat and potatoes of superstition. Oh, of Irish superstition. Yeah, which is great. It and if we get to the Banshee, I'd say we'll it's, get it's there, one man. Of them. I want through the Banshee. So, scientifically speaking, 
it's been proven that the Will-O-Wisp was bioluminescence or chemiluminescence, which would have been the oxidation of phosphine and diphosphine and methane produced by our organic decay. So I guess more simply put, these would have been in bogs, woodlands. Grass makes fart. Exactly. <laughs> Will-O-Wisp happened. Exactly. Grass farts flame. So <laughs> this organic decaying matter would have given off these gases. And when this gas met the air, it would have created a bl- blue flame. So it could have been where dead animals were, dead people were, just mm. bogland themselves giving off these natural gases. That's pretty much what the so these people were seeing. Rushes make methane for all our non-science out there and uh then what's the other term uh what else is what's made by the organic decay phosphine and diphosphines you're like my teacher my grinds teacher Mm. excellent and then it happens when they oxidize they create that bluish flame and it just attracted people in those days because they weren't used to seeing blue flames but we're not here to be sensible we're here to be superstitious and silly So how did the hydrogen phosphide rich decaying matter collide with the boglands methane rich gas? Uh, this account from Monaghan gives us further insight. Uh, Will the Wisp is in Farney, a wandering fairy who only appears in certain places at certain times. Tom McCable, a local fiddler of Aknaferain, County Monaghan, related once that he saw Will the Wisp at the spot in a meadow where he had buried a cow. Will the Wisp in the minds of the people of Aknaferain, Monaghan townland was in some way associated with the burial places of dead, dead domestic animals, such as the cow and the horse. So from that story, we just heard that they kind of thought that this flame was where this cow was buried. So maybe spiritually, this cow was lighting a little flame yeah, to kind of show, blue. hey, I'm dead, remember me. <laughs> I'm still here. But more than likely it was that it was cow, living being, dying, decaying, leaving off these gases, and these gases would oxidize and give off a nice blue glow. Almost definitely. I can understand why they didn't understand that no. at the time. But <laughs> I can barely wrap my head around the science. <laughs> I did not. When I heard that the willow wisp was caused by gases, it was amazing to me that a flame could start without a spark uh, of, like a spark or wood yeah um, and all you scientists are going to be like look at those fucking idiots who don't know anything about fires and how they can start without flame yeah. we get it all right we're not scientists i wonder if you touch it would it hurt you that's what i would love to know man but give off heat maybe they went there they're dead cold these drunkards and stuff and went for it we're attracted some sort by of, um, but uh you were saying actually before we started you were telling me some people thought they were unbaptized spirits so unbaptized spirits which is kind of creepy to think that Mm. these unbaptized people were leaving off little ghastly lights because i guess they were considered ghastly lights Mm. um and as always that will-o'-wisp definitely existed before religion was ever came brought to ireland but then when religion did come to ireland or specifically catholicism then the idea of the unbaptized spirit leaving off this ghostly entity, because I guess it is trapped in purgatory, it's not going mm. to make it to heaven, or is it limbo? It's limbo, sorry, not purgatory. It is funny that uh, even, I think, before the Christian element was brought to it, uh, for want of a better word, it seemed that Will-O-Wisp was uh, 
an exemplar of limbo if you get me like he was an in-between yeah no matter in everything we've read we'll so get into that we'll be telling more stories but also the will-o'-wisp is known as and is also similar to things like the jack-o'-lantern so jack was this man who i guess he fooled the devil and because of that the devil just didn't want him in hell and was like jack you take this turnip hollow it out <laughs> It's got a flame in it and you walk the worlds forever now and that's just it that's your that's, that's it that's your eternity it was also known as the friar's lantern the hinky punk <laughs> i tried to look into the hinky punk and all it told me was that that was also the will-o'-wisp <laughs> a hobby lantern so a hobby lantern is interesting because hobby would have been a hobgoblin or little goblins mm. that would have lived so people thought that it was a little goblin holding a lantern trying to lead you away maybe lead you astray or maybe not lead you astray Similar to the Changeling story last week's episode, I don't know how you can treat the Will-O-Wisp nicely or not nicely, but there was this thought that if you did treat it nicely, it would lead you out or lead you home of where you, from where you were, or if you treated it nasty, it would drop you into a big old bog hole or get you lost in a river or fall off this big old crevice, which is terrifying. Will-O-Wisp, you stink. Stinky <laughs> and nasty. The, it was also known as the corpse light, which makes sense because that's where dead animals and things were buried. Mm. And then when it was found in a graveyard, it was known as a ghost candle. Seeing it over a graveyard would be... Super yeah. spooky, man. I would love to see it, though. I'm so intrigued by that. We gotta set it up. We do. <laughs> Who wants to be our body in a hole? <laughs> Anyone have any dead pets? Or, uh, also, as well, for any uh, dead language uh, aficionados there, Ignis Fatus means... Giddy. The Giddy Flame. The Giddy Flame, which just sounds like a really good pub. The Giddy Flame, great pub, great song name, great mm. band name. Ah, mm. The Giddy Flame. So, as we have kind of mentioned, it's a light that people followed. But it can also metaphorically mean a hope or a goal that leads one but is impossible to reach. Or a hope mm. or a goal or something that one finds sinister and confounding, which is scary as always with these superstitions they mm. always turn a bit spooky after what's your will-o'-wisp we all have them and Pokemon if you're aware hearts. of them you can kind of control it but yeah i went into a hole and i collected pokemon cards for <laughs> 600 years <laughs> and i still can't find they the last one they denied me from heaven <laughs> So, just like the Changeling and just like every story that's passed down throughout time before writing, there's a bit of Chinese whispers at play here. Mm. So We were told as well. We said Chinese whispers. We didn't know. It's what most people know it as. Allegedly telephone is oh. now the... Um, is that what they call it, man? Is now the correct term. Um, I guess because you can't hear too well on the telephone and they could say one thing and you hear another. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I suppose it's the only way to bring it up without... Mentioning any creed. I don't want to call anyone out specifically, but you also <laughs> know those people where you experienced an event with them. And when you hear them retelling the story, you're like, is that how it happened? Exactly. You're embellishing it so much and you're changing facts here. But that's the way stories were told and that's the way they were transferred from mouth to mouth, from person to person, from place to place. And how spice got added in, you might think. How, how little spicy oh, elements ended up in there. Like, you become a famous storyteller because you're good at embellishing, you're good at kind of drawing it out and making people intrigued and interested. So, we've noticed this a lot when we uh, 
looked for the Will-O-Wisp on the Jewicus database, um, we found that while the stories were all following a similar thread, mm. uh, <laughs> the first one we read was by a little boy named Dan Aunt Doherty of Donegal. And we have to remember, the people on the Jewicus database were little children when they were writing these stories, also hearing it from a grandparent. Mm. Uh, so there was a little bit of loss in translation. Uh, Definitely. So with Dan here, uh, we don't know how good of a grade, little Danny. I'm going to say from <laughs> reading Dan's story, he failed. Yeah. All right, Dan and Doherty. So Dan and Doherty's story here, Luke. I need to warn you, he is a child, so don't laugh at him, all right? Okay, I'll, I'll try not to. I'm a child. <laughs> Once upon a time, there lived a man down in Bunna at Crick, and he was a blacksmith. All good. One day, he had no money at all, so he said he would sell himself to the devil. Oh, not so good. So the devil came and gave him a bag of gold and told him that he would call for him in another year and another day. Lots of ands in that sentence. What I love, <laughs> what I love though, is how you can just say, you know what, I'm going to sell my soul to the devil. And somehow, is there a hotline? He just shows up the next day. <laughs> it's not like you have any won't. illusion that he didn't come. It's like, yeah, he's coming. Uh, the devil wants that. I also, you're dead right. I This story reminded me of how much of English when you were in school is, and then, yeah. and then, yeah. and then. So we'll continue with Dan here. So when the year and the day was up, the devil came to the smith's forge. The smith was making a set of shoes for a man. And he told the devil he would make them before he would go. He told the devil to hold the sledge. And as soon as he caught hold of it, he could not let, let it go. Oh. And the devil said to him, if you free me, I will let you go for another year and a day. I just love how obliging the devil is, man. He's like, oh, you got me. Sure, I'll hold on to this. Yeah, I won't going to take you to hell, but you know what? I'll hold your sledge for, this, for you. <laughs> I, uh, the It's the most Irish thing ever. I don't know where we got it from, but the whole a year and a day thing. A year and a day. I, I don't know why what the day is there for. That. Why not? The devil went away for another year and a day, and the devil came back to the smith. The smith was this time making a shoe, and he told the devil that he would make it before he would go. I feel like I just read this, but <laughs> he, this is he, the way he told the story. This is how Dan told the story. We're not going to edit it for your benefit. None of you should be laughing at home. So this is this man might Dan Dan already might be Willow Wisp at this point. Stop laughing at Dan, lads. <laughs> so he told the devil to blow the bellows, and the devil began to blow the bellows, but he could not let them go. <laughs> just glue on the. This devil, hand. he's fairly do. He's fairly uh, stupid, isn't he? I like to imagine, uh, we were saying before we started recording, it is very much like Wile E. Coyote and uh, Meep Meep. Yeah, but, uh, the Roadrunner. Roadrunner. So indeed. the devil said when he was hanging on to these bellows and he couldn't stop blowing, he was like, I will let you free this time for another year and a day and I will come back then. So the devil went away. After another year and a day, the devil came back to the smith and the smith went with him this time and as they were walking along the road, the smith saw a public house and of course we're in ireland so the smith said that's a public house and i never passed that without going in i, I love that the devil was like <laughs> seems like a reasonable uh, opposition so the devil obviously dan didn't have any money or sorry the blacksmith didn't have any money so the devil turned himself into money to buy an old drink one dan's last drink i get i guess so the smith put the money in his purse and the devil began to jump in his purse 
DeSmith had no money of his own, but he did, or sorry, DeSmith had money of his own, but he did not tell the devil about this. And he went into the public house, got a drink, came out again, and the devil was still jumping in the Smith's purse. Can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. When I was reading this, why is he jumping in the purse? To just make a big jingle going on? I guess jingly jangly's sign Rich. you've money. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> the devil said, if you let me go. And the devil went and away. And the devil went away. Ah! Sorry, Dan, you missed a bit of your sentence I love there. that Dan got so sick of how many ands he puts and in his year, own stories that he yeah. just said, you know what? You know what's happened. A year and a day later, the smith died and he went to hell. He knocked on the door and the devil said, who's there? <laughs> <laughs> He's in a dressing gown. And he told him, the devil gave him a blazing wisp and he's going about the world from that day this. To this, with the blazing wisp in his hand, and that's how he got his name called Willie the Wisp. Dan, I'm sorry, but... He heard dinner was on towards the end. <laughs> he, he finished the sentence without saying it. Then also, look at his tenses, how bad they are. He went from... I feel for you reading there. Because he went from, he told him the devil gave him a blazing wisp, and he is going about the world... We went from past to future to present all in one sentence. Dan, look, we got we kind of understand it though. Mm. The blacksmith was a man who tricked the devil a few times, and the devil, when he when it was Dan's, sorry, the blacksmith's turn to go to hell, the devil is like, look, you know what? I don't want you around here anymore. Go yeah. away. Take this light and roam the earths forever. So it's funny that um, when we read uh, Dio Hogan's book Irish Superstitions, uh, which is a bit more popular superstition what we're looking at now is really the as dumb as it sounds the, the grassroots of, yes uh, but they always refer to will-o'-wisp as a gambler who mm. tricked the devil so thus devil doesn't like him he's not allowed in hell uh god doesn't like him because he's gambled he's and he had a bad way of living mm-hmm. but it's funny that in any of these stories we found on Juicus, the common theme isn't that he's a gambler for some reason he's a it's blacksmith. That he's a blacksmith um maybe I know that in stories like Chaucer and stuff, the milliner and the blacksmith, it's because usually people who are turned to blacksmithery are bawdy characters, like good people in the community, but you know, you know, you can tell hearty drinker, you know, likes oh, yeah. to spend, likes, you know, that sort of vibe. It's not, I'm not saying this. If your He's father's a blacksmith, life. I'm not saying this about you. But <laughs> He's living life and burning candles on both ends. confused uh, yes <laughs> I read that story and I don't know what happened <laughs> uh, no problem to our class uh, listening uh, we also have homework from Ellen Rattigan of Roscommon uh, and I discovered she's told the exact same story thankfully as Dan uh, but actually happened to be listening to her granny or whoever was telling this yeah. story so and she knew how to use the English language a bit better it seems it'll also and I don't need to be putting you down but pull up the old <laughs> socks a bit now listen a bit more at school if, if I don't know what age you are now maybe there's a FETAC course you could attend um, but uh, no uh, a lot of things are going to become clear in this mm-hmm. story that was not there in dance shed so, light Luke Bill Duffy was a great blacksmith and he ran short of money, and he never could have enough. The devil appeared to him one day and asked him, would he sell himself? Bill said he would if he got enough money. The devil gave him £21,000 in seven years, and at the end of the seven years, he should go with him. Bill agreed to go, 
with him at the end of the seven years. Not the best English, but still a bit better. No, it's good. For a kid. Bill built a new house and got into high company. He lived very extravagantly. And the £21,000 were spent before half the time was up. We need to remember as well that £21,000 is about $6 million. <laughs> <laughs> what was he doing? What I don't was know. he doing with that money? Uh, so he lived very extravagantly. And unfortunately, he spent it before the time was up. And he was back to being a blacksmith again. When it was coming near the time he was getting afraid, one morning a strange man came to the door with a horse and I asked Bill to shoe the horse for him. So Bill started to shoe the horse. And when he went to rise the fourth foot, there was no fourth foot at all. Bill stood up and said nothing. The man asked him what he would charge him for shoeing the horse. And Bill said he would charge him nothing. Well, said the man, when you will not charge me, I will give you three wishes. And anything you wish for, you will get. I think weirdly, since he has three feet on the horse, that's why you get three wishes. Also, man... Is this a sort of karma thing? Yes. Maybe not, but Jesus, for not charging, he got three whole wishes. Give out some free food and free I feel he would have gotten cursed bad if he charged that man. Because the whole thing of, like, you charged me for four legs and my horse only had three. Yeah. Um, a test of character. The first was that anyone that goes to sledge him, sledge with my hammer, cannot stop until I tell him. That's great. So now we understand... Why, in Little Danny's mm. story, when Mr. <laughs> Devil holds the sledge, he for some reason he is compelled not to let go. He couldn't put it down <laughs> for the life of him. Danny just thought that he really liked the sledge. Uh, the second was that anything that goes into my pocketbook, that's a purse, cannot leave it until I tell it. So That explains why the devil couldn't get out of the pocket. Maybe the devil was hopping around because it was like, get me out of here. Yeah, mm. I love how he had the little bits, but maybe he just wasn't listening no. well enough. Uh, the third was that anyone that sits in my armchair cannot leave it until I tell them. Very well, said the man. You get those three wishes. Sometime after, he was making a set of shoes for the squire's horse. And who walks in but the devil? And the seven years were up. Oh, Bill, he said. Are you at the smith work again? I am, said Bill. That money you gave me did not last long. Sure, the seven years are up now, Bill. Oh, yes, said the devil. This day, seven years ago, you sold yourself and you will have to come with me today. I love how uh, cordial the devil is. He's yeah, he so seems, he's definitely dressed in a suit. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, he, he just wants to get the job done. Mm. He's got a wife and kids to go home to. Uh, very well, said Bill. I have three shoes made for three squires' horses, for for three squires' horses, and if you wait until I make the fourth one, I'll be off with you. Take that sledge there and Ooh. give it a tip, uh, give a tip to it along with me, and we will not be long getting this done. Hope. The devil took off his coat and took the sledge and started sledging the shoe with Bill. Again, lovely, kind devil. Yeah. Bill, I'm taking you to hell, but sure, let's do a bit of if work. If it gets the job done quicker, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I like that you have morals, Bill. Uh, and then said, Bill, you are the best sledger ever, devil. Uh, and it would be a pity you would leave it by. When Bill put the iron in the fire, the devil was sledging as hard as he could. And Bill told him to keep sledging until he would come back from saying goodbye to his wife. And he did not come out any more that evening. And the devil kept sledging away. The devil kept at it all night and never could stop. And the people wondered why he kept sledging all night. Man, I would love to see this. All the townsfolk, I'm imagining this is 
like Bogland Ireland, maybe not another soul for a mile, but they walk by and they're, oh, there's the devil. He's sledging. <laughs> Someone stop that man sledging. How are they not horrified by him? Uh, I love well, it. We, the devil was an Irishman is a book and a thing, so... I don't know what the devil looks like in these stories. The devil's appearance always changes. I think the devil would be a very interesting character for us to explore. It might mm. take more than one episode, but I'd like to get a good picture of this Irish pseudo-devil. Yeah. It almost sounds like he lives next door to you. He does. He's just a lad. Just Do you a think man. the devil is an epitome of, like, the landlord or something? Well, or I a hope debt collector. he's a bit scarier than that anyway. Imagine. <laughs> um, he seems to be doing worse than the landlord. Uh, when Bill went out next evening, the devil asked him why he was sledging all night and never could stop. Bill told him it would be a pity if he should ever stop. There was a friend of Bill's sick and he went to see him and he did not come back for three weeks. And the devil was left sledging the whole time. Jesus must be ripped. When Bill came back, the devil asked him to let him home and he would give him £21,000 and seven years. Another six billion dollars for bill <laughs> and seven years bill took the twenty-one thousand pounds and the seven years and the devil was off bill took the same company and had the money spent before seven years were up once more when they were up the devil tried some way to capture bill bill and his wife were very badly off and they had no money to buy anything the devil appeared in the shape of a sovereign on the floor and when bill saw the sovereign he got overjoyed and he wanted it very badly and he ran and picked it up and put it in his pocketbook. Ooh. When he put it in his pocketbook, uh, he heard from his po- pocket the devil say, Ha ha, Bill, I have you now. <laughs> you can get your wedding ready to come home with me. Ah, is it you I have in my pocket, said Bill. Bill looked out and saw two young men coming up to the forge door. Bill asked them how much would they take for sledging the pocketbook that the devil was in. Ooh. He made a bargain with them for so for so much an hour. He he left the pocketbook on the anvil and told them to get two heavy sledges. The two fellows started sledging as hard as they could, and the roars of the devil could be heard from miles around. Love to hear it. <laughs> Before an hour, that must have been a great day in the area. Yeah, you know, famine and stuff happening. Bill but is at bringing least so much excitement to this feckin' town. It doesn't matter where he ends up. Uh, before an hour, there was a number of volunteers to go sledging the devil. Come on, Bill's going sledging the devil. <laughs> Again? Again? <laughs> they kept on sledging all night, and the roars were terrible. He craved Bill to let him go. Craved Bill. Never heard it said that mm. way. And said he would give him seven years and as much money as before. Bill consented, good, and let him go. come back. He was a gelto- gentleman for a short time, and he had the money spent before the seven years were up. Bill and his wife were fighting over the money when the seven years were up. Bill has spent $18 trillion now. <laughs> this is the downfall. I can see why the wife is annoyed at Bill. <laughs> He's not a very good investor. He's great at getting the money, I will say. Uh, the devil saw them fighting and he helped the wife. I love that the devil felt bad for the wife mm, here too. He, good it's, it's man, really, Yeah. Bill struck his wife. Oh, oh, Bill. And the devil struck Bill. And then Bill's wife got a three-legged stool... And she hit the devil and knocked him into the armchair. Now, something about me about the three-legged stool reminds me of the horse. Ooh, could be. Stuff from earlier. Helping out, giving a helping hand again. Um, but all I know is, I assume the wife was in on this trick. Mm. Either that or Seems the like wife trick. and the husband were in a domestic dispute and then took advantage of the situation yeah. when the devil came in. Uh, but either way, whatever happens to Bill now, we know he's a bit of a rogue at the end of the day. Yeah, hitting his wife, tut, tut, tut. Tut, 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 Bill. Uh... Stayed in, so the devil has ended up knocked into the armchair, the last spell. 
So stay there now, said Bill, until I wash my face and I will go with you. Then Bill's wife began to cry and the devil said he would have to go. I am ready now, said Bill, starting to the door. The devil tried to get up out of the chair, but he could not. At this point, I imagine the devil is furious. He's sick of it. (laughs) I'm done. Here's my resignation. (laughs) Bill said to his wife to bring him down to the fire. Bill went out to the, for the forge tongs and reddened it. He caught the devil by the nose and went pulled him up the chimney. The devil said that he would give him as much money as before and never come to Whoa. him ever again. Bill beat the devil. Bill had not all the money spent when he died. He went to the gates of heaven and knocked. And St. Peter asked, who's there? And he said, Bill Duffy. And St. Peter said he had no such name in his book. Well, you gambled. And yeah, you, you hit, Billy, your, you hit wife. your wife. So no heaven for you, lads. Sorry, sorry. bro. Uh, <laughs> after that, uh, he went to the gates of hell, and Nicholas asked. Now I googled, by the way, Saint Nicholas was never said who is Santi. For some reason, is at the door of hell. That's why Irish he wears people. red, man, isn't it? <laughs> I'm joking. It's only wear green. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. A part of me thinks Irish people would think that Saint Nick, the funnest saint, would be down in hell. At the oh gate. yeah. He's the bouncer. Where does he get the call from? <laughs> You're not wrong. The mouths of hell. It could. Krampus is from hell. Absolutely. He, you know, uh, if you yeah, I should say you heard of Krampus and before. And sure doesn't Santa use slave labor to build all these toys and things? Definitely. I'm Damn little elves. Our hobgoblins. That's, that's, they took all of Ireland's hobgoblins. <laughs> um, but anyway, he gets to Nicholas uh, and he said, Bill, he, and he calls out Bill Duffy to the devil. And the devil called his co- comrades and told them not to let Bill Duffy in. So I just imagine the, the devil being like, who's that Bill Duffy? Not Bill Duffy. Get I him imagine. out of here. So Nick is at the gate. Bill, like The devil's in the shower. Yeah. Lathering up, happy as Larry, not a care. And then he hears Whistling that Bill away. Duffy's at the door. And he's like, no, no. Bill Duffy's not at my door. <laughs> he's not coming into my house. Uh, so yeah, uh, he got sent away from hell itself. And uh, to add, this isn't in Ellen's story, but to... Shorten it so that you know why. How is this connected to him walking around with a flame iron? Mm. Uh, allegedly, in other tales told by children, um, Bill went back to heaven after this, said, they didn't let me into hell either. So then... Uh, Bill's not like, getting an eight in that club tonight. <laughs> I'd imagine that's quite rare. So uh, then um, St. Peter or whoever's at the door uh, took a sprig of grass from heaven and gave it to mm. Bill and said, go back to hell with that, maybe. And then he went back to hell with the sprig of grass and then St. Nick or the devil lights it on fire, hands it back to him. And he said, so I'm not allowed in here either? And said, nope, go back to earth. So that's why Willie Wisp ends up wandering around the world with a little flame. Because to walk the earth. Yep. Forever. A flame from hell and some grass from heaven uh, and a man from earth. Mm. Amazing. So that was the kind of account of who was Willow Wisp, where he came from, why he was, why he roams this earth. Mm. But people also thought that this ghastly light, this light you would see, could mark the location of treasure that could only be dug up when the light shone and you needed a magic trick or a dead man's hand to get at this treasure. Dead man's hand, I was like, that sounds really cool. What is that? So a dead man's hand is the dried hand of a hanged man, usually their left. If they were a murderer, it would have been the hand that they did the deed with. Mm. A candle was made from the hang, hanged man's hanged fat sandwich. and hair. 
The candle was held in the dead man's hand and would render people motionless. The candle could only be extinguished with milk, but it could also unlock things. So this dead man's hand would have been your way to get at that treasure beneath the willow wisp. I want to see milk extinguish a flame. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. That's rare, isn't it? Other than that, Mr. Mr. Aaron, mm. have we? This is a lighter episode. Lighter, that we've done. faster. Um, do you have anything else to say? Uh, just I'm still would love to see this happen in real life. I'd love to be just walking out in the bog in the middle of the night. Probably not actually. At and this see a flame or see this glow, of this strange ethereal light. At this point, uh, I'm assuming we're active on our social media mm-hmm. at the moment. So if we find any clips of Ooh. of flames in action, we'll make sure to post it. For I've you. seen s- videos of them synthetically doing it, but it's not as fun when you see it. In you want glass see jars natural. and things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, see it in the field. And other than that, uh, we'll leave you. With a game mm. from Val Flood. Oh, me and Luke are going to play this game. That actually, mark our words, we will. It's Friday. Get a few drinks in us as they used to back in the day and uh, roam around at night. Uh, but no, uh, this game is called Willow Wisp. Uh, and Val has informed us any number of children can play the game. Uh, All on, children. On a dark night, one person goes out to hide carrying a flash lamp. And when he is ready, he flashes his lamp to the show the followers where he is. Then he extinguishes it. The followers run in that direction immediately, uh, and Will-O-Wisps runs in the other direction. And when the followers go to the spot and see that he's gone, they call Will-O-Wisp again, and he shows his light. This is repeated until Will-O-Wisp is caught, and then another child becomes Will-O-Wisp. So, a little bit of tag just with light. It sounds kind of fun, though, at night and everything, you know? As I long, think that'd be great my feeling was, imagine if you never, if, if, it depends how much time they get to run away. And how bright it is up. at night. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. So, so again, we would like to thank Gareth Quinn Redmond for that lovely music. And this isn't coming out when this music is coming out, but Gareth has new music called Anaum is Queena. Oh, really? Anaum is Queena. Is that out today? It's just out today, hot off the press. Oh, me, oh, my, I haven't listened, and boy, am I excited. Oh, I'm going to miss him to eat now. <laughs> that wasn't English, was it? <laughs> I'm it talking like Dan and <laughs> Dan and Doherty, man. He's coming out in you. So, bless up Gareth Quinn Redmond. Bless up Dan and Doherty of Donegal. Uh, Val Flood. Ellen Radigan. Uh, I don't know if I listed any other names. Thank you all. Have a great week. We will see you next week with an episode. Who knows what it'll be about? Keep an eye out. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. Bye.